EBN, what's happening? It's Wednesday evening again. Terry TB and Vinny Hardy up in here. Another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday, part of BS3 Network. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me, man? I can hear you now, yeah. Yeah, a little, little technical difficulties on my end, I think. Uh-oh. We doing all right this evening. Doing good, man. It is summertime. It is nice and hot. <laughs> yes. People may not think it gets hot in Iowa, but it do. <laughs> it's, 90, it's 90 degrees, so there you go. Yeah, I, I was not aware that it got hot, hot. Because yeah, I'll be honest with you, I never thought about Iowa until just a few years ago. <laughs> All I knew about Iowa was wrestling and field of dreams and corn. <laughs> And, and Harrison Barnes is all I knew. I was like, he's from Iowa? What? That still trips me out. <laughs> uh, uh, your girl Lolo, uh, Lolo Jones. Oh, that, wow. Is, See? Is, is, from, is from Des Moines. And, uh, 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 my, I guess, yeah, I, I can say stepson at this point. Uh, <laughs> we, we're, we're less than 100 days to the wedding day, so I can. So we're starting to get locked in, but uh, uh, he goes to the school she went to in in Des Moines. So oh well, that's cool. Yeah, they got a big shrine. It is you know it's crazy when like your high school has like that person, and because I think I've explained to you at Seneca, you walk into the gym, and there I think are like three life size renderings of Wes Unsell. So. You come to Seneca, you gonna know this where Wes went, and it's the same yeah. way with with Lolo because she obliterated a lot of state state records and stuff her time there. So, but anyway, I'm doing good. That is good to hear. We gonna have fun with it like we always do. We got uh, Michael Bennett from Just the Cats hopping on here in a few minutes. Of course, y'all know he he let us host filling for him a couple weeks ago, so we are gonna have him on here about. 6.15 or so he's going to hop on so we'll chop it up with him um, you mentioned West Unsell with, with your alma mater at Seneca and we've talked about our fathers and us you know being known as their sons and things of that nature um, I'm named after my father I'm a third you were not but you talk about West Unsell West Unsell Jr. is in the news, kind of making his own way. And I know you know the Unsell family, but West Unsell yeah. Jr. is now the new head coach of the Washington Wizards. So, yeah, yeah. So I went to school with a lot of his cousins because, like, I, I was telling you, Wes and his brother George went to Seneca in the 60s. They won the 63 64 uh, basketball championship and the 64 state football championship. So, I went with the second generation of Unsells in the 90s. That's because if I say how many brothers and sisters, the Unsells are a big family. Like there's an Unselled way here in town. So uh, the name carries a lot of weight, but I went with a lot of the cousins, like that next generation. So the Unsells have a lot of sway. Glad that Wes Unsell Jr. is getting his shot uh, with the Wizards. Uh, big big shoes to fill like you said you and I know you know when your father 
is is the dude <laughs> and it's yeah. caught up circumstances it's a very and, and I don't want to say I was talking to my aunt about this the other day I'm not complaining about yeah. it you know I think it's a good thing I don't want people to say like I wish my dad wasn't that dude uh-huh. that's not what we're saying all I'm saying is it's it's different growing up in that shadow right like it's it's just a challenge no one's gonna feel sorry for you but it's a challenge i'm just gonna say it like that so um, and what and jr because uh, until senior was never a head coach right he was in front office and things of that nature was he ever a head coach oh yeah he coached he coached With me too? From, okay well, from like 89 to 94 okay Yes, he, he actually coached. He coached, uh, I think what drove him out of coaching was trying to coach Juwan Howard and Chris Weber. Because Weber, remember, got shipped out of Golden State and then got shipped to the, well, the then Bullets. Yeah. And they were some knuckleheads. And then he went to Sacramento. <laughs> you know, Chris Weber was a great player, but it, it took a while for him to kind of get his head on the shoulder. Uh, yeah, tip of the hat to, to, to Wes Unsell Jr. Yeah, and so that being said, Jr. is following in his footsteps, literally, not only becoming a head coach, but in the city where his dad was and still is the best basketball player that city's ever seen. Yeah, you, you would have to say professionally, yeah. Wes Unsell, best, best bullet yeah. slash wizard. Right, mm-hmm. maybe not the biggest name, you know, Michael Jordan, but, but as far as what he did for that franchise, a finals appearance and a championship is, is pretty darn good. So, mm-hmm. speaking of championships, wow, wow, <laughs> Giannis and Tony. I, I, I've been trying to say his name, I guess I need to learn how to say it because he's the dude, he is the alpha dude. Uh, the performance last night, 50 points in the game six victory. Free throws. Free throws. Yes, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, it was one of those appearances that you, that you and I have talked about before that you get, particularly with basketball, where one guy just says, my team's not going to lose. Whether it was the blocks, whether it was, you know, the, the defensive plays he made, Giannis controlled both ends of the court. And that's one of the reasons I love basketball, because one guy can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. And the first half last night, it didn't look like anybody else was going to help him. Chris Middleton was doing whatever. Drew Holiday <laughs> was one of ten at some one point. And Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Portis looked like he was going to be number two. And if, and if Bobby Portis is your number two, you ain't winning nothing. Okay? Like, he's a nice to have. He's not a need to have. He was having this, you know, they they had to calm him down like like the Knicks had to do John Starks for a minute when he when he thought he didn't foul and started skipping yeah. down the court. And, and Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton hey, was like, hey, you know, I was like, I was flashing back to Starks in the 90s when Oakley and Ewing was having to scold him and like, man, get your head in the game, John. Right, right, right. But Giannis was just ridiculously good. And at this this is what happens every time a team wins a championship, right? The questions get asked. Number one, was this the 
most difficult championship ever. Like, for some reason, we love to rank which titles mean more, right? <laughs> and and I, I tweeted this out today. Every team that wins a title has a little bit of luck. Every team. I don't care who you are. Every team has a little bit of luck. Like, you know, Golden State, even with Kevin Durant, if Chris Paul doesn't tweak his hamstring, you know, do your Rockets win, right? Like, every team has that. Every team has that, well, if this didn't happen, they wouldn't have won. Yeah, dummy, that's part of it, you know? I point to, even as confident as I was with Kentucky in 2012, I don't think I was the only Kentucky fan that almost pooped my pants when Anthony Davis hit the ground against Baylor and grabbed his knee. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I was on a show with Twani Beckham that talked about like, yeah, he's like, at that moment, we were all like, oh no. You know, we, we, we've seen this. So every team gets a little bit of luck. Every team has somebody that's picked against them. Every team can say, nobody believed in us. Everybody can say that, right? And every championship is, is special because they're so freaking hard. <laughs> and so we try to extrapolate out what does this mean? What does this mean? And honestly, all it meant was Giannis is very, very good. Milwaukee made a lot of right moves to make this possible. That's all it means. Well, yep. you know, and, and, and I had to calm myself down a little bit because, of course, I said last night, you people see my Twitter avatars wearing one of my mini jerseys. I got a Bucks jersey. I was kind of pulling for the Bucks a little bit because I mm. like the Giannis story. But then I was like, okay, well, the Lakers will be back. And somebody said, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, <laughs> what are you talking about? Again, the NBA is 75. The Lakers have been to 32 finals. Right. That's crazy. It, it's not a far-fetched idea to say the Lakers will be back. Yeah. I mean, another, what year, what, six years without the playoffs? Is that what it was? That yes. About killed you? I, I'm hoping for no one of those, but it's, the chances are slim. And, 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 and here's the thing about that. They were abjectly terrible for a decade, and they still have the most championships of the last 25 years. <laughs> Unbelievable. I am not an old person. I feel old, especially after I run. I feel old. But I, I was trying to explain to this person, I have seen four different iterations of the Lakers win championships. I got to witness Magic and Kareem. Okay? I got to witness Shaq and Kobe. Got to witness Kobe and Powell. Got to witness LeBron and AD. Like, so all this stuff and I, and I get it about does this mean the small markets can compete this and this is the point that gets lost in these small market large market teams the large market teams yes it's money and that's part of it but they do things to win Giannis felt like hey Milwaukee they are doing things so we can win it's not like when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time, it was like, hey, you want 80-year-old Shaquille O'Neal? Here you go. Uh, we got uh, Sasha Pavlovich. You, you good? No. <laughs> They're like, hey, look, we've developed...
Holiday? Yeah. They made moves so the guy wanted to stay there. Right? It's not just guys want to leave mid-market teams. It's like these teams don't want to do what it takes to win. Because, again, it goes back to owners not wanting to compete. Not wanting to come off that money. No. And if you're and and, and what what really what the Bucks winning has done is open it up for all these other small market teams to kind of say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right? You look at, at what how Milwaukee built this roster. No, I think uh Brooke Lopez, is that the Lopez on the Bucks? I think it's Brooke. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was the only, he was the only lottery pick on the entire team. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that and, and see, this is where the fallacy comes in. We all bought into the idea, boy, you got to shoot a lot of threes. That's how you do it. Yeah, Golden State did it because they had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like that's what makes it work, right? Uh, you know, I'm a big Phil Jackson guy, right? I love the triangle offense. The triangle offense works when you can get Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in the right position to score and decimate the defense. That's what makes it work, right? Like all these ground, uh, these 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 earth-shattering, I should say, innovations only work if you've got these particular pieces. There's so many ways to build a champion, even if you are a quote-unquote small market team. A lot of these small market teams that people don't want to play for are poorly run franchises. Look at Sacramento. Yeah, man. Look at the Clippers up until, you know what, 10 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that people, like, the Clippers, there's no reason for the Clippers to be as bad as they've been. None. It's L.A. Mm-hmm. Right? You're still in L.A. Sure are. You can still get some of that L.A. juice if people want to do other things in L.A., but it's a poorly run franchise. How many great careers have we seen college players go to the Clippers to die? What are they doing in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Every time you see Carl Anthony Towns, it looks like a hostage video. No. What are they doing? What is, what's Portland doing? You know, so... I don't think it's fair to say, oh, look at these middle market. Yeah, you know, Toronto isn't the best uh, market uh, in the NBA, but they won. So there's so many ways to get this done. You don't need to have these sweeping indictments, but we also see it with college basketball as well. Exactly. We got our guest on here with us right now. This man is part of the media. He hosts a radio show mornings 8 to 9 on 1080 in Louisville, 99.5 in Paducah, 1240 AM in Maysville called Just the Cats. He's also the CEO of Food Chain, so he's busy. He's doing his thing in Louisville. He's traveling to Florida. He's doing all this and that, and he still made time to hop on our show. We're talking about none other than Michael Bennett. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Doing fantastic, sir. Thanks for joining us. Yes, Absolutely. sir. I, listen, I'll be glad to join y'all anytime. It's great to hear both Benny and T- uh, Terry. Man, we appreciate you. And look, listen to you this morning. And are you 
are you really like skipping out on the food chain video to hop on with us? Are we keeping you from making the, the food chain video? In you, know, you know, the funny part is uh, right before I came on with y'all, Shannon was calling me and now he's texting me. So yes, I am skipping out on Shannon the dude to talk to y'all. You are correct. But we, but only for 15 minutes. You can finish up with us and still knock that out, right? We're not, I, we're not yeah, messing. I got all kinds of time. I'm having dinner with my uh, youngest son right now uh downtown louisville but uh yeah yeah I, listen i'm making time for y'all so I, i'd be more than happy to do that and i was excited to do it oh uh, we're glad to have you and first of all you know we said it on the air but gotta say it to you while you're here thank you for letting us fill in on just the cats the friday before the fourth of july and hope we didn't you know burn the ship down we hope everything was still good after our hour on there we appreciate you letting us hop in there and fill in with rick uh, you're more than welcome i know you guys killed it and, and uh so i'm i'm happy y'all were able to do it and i appreciate you taking the time uh to get on and, and by the way we're not just on we're on other stations too we're on down in whitley city we're down uh i'm trying to did you say ashland we're on in ashland oh, we're on okay. uh, a few other stations as well and, and uh, having others uh, pick us up so we're real proud of that good stuff good stuff let me ask i know you're with your youngest son but how's your oldest son too because we know about how you know his arm and everything that happened well it's actually my youngest son that had the accident uh okay but yeah mason he's he's doing much better now he's going through uh hand therapy and and improving every day so i appreciate you asking about it good deal glad y'all are that's good news and he's enjoying his dinner so many things to hit you with but i know that look you're a big tampa bay fan and so your your lightning and your buccaneers are both you know on top of their respective sports right now i got don't forget the rays now the rays are one game uh back from the red sox from top of the mlbe so i'm real proud of that too absolutely i gotta ask you this because Tom Brady is the same age as TB and I. Actually, actually, Terry and Tom are both older than me. I'm a little younger than them, but we'll, we'll, I'll be 44 this year. But I'm I'm the youngest of the three. Yeah, it, Tom, that that TB is only two days older. So <laughs> two, two days older, and got a couple more Super Bowl rings than I do. So let me yeah. put that out there. <laughs> yeah, but but not a prettier wife though, Terry. I mean, congratulations on your fiance and, and y'all getting ready to get married. So I'm looking for that invitation. I appreciate it. Like you and everybody else, because ever since that tweet blew up, everybody's like, are you going to live stream it? What's going on? I was like, hey, I'll set up a GoFundMe. Everybody kick in a little bit. We'll make That's it, right. We'll make it That's right. I don't blame I'm not, you. I'm not ashamed. Hey, <laughs> uh, it was very inexpensive being single. Then when I got married, everything just doubled, <laughs> if not tripled. <laughs> what do you think about your guy, Tom Brady? The news came out. He he led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl with a torn MCL. Now, I mean, 43 is bad enough, and then you do it on one leg. Now he's coming back healthy? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's it's crazy what kind of an athlete he is. You know, he has a special diet that he, he has lived by, he and his wife and his entire family, uh, and that's where they don't eat any meat. They just eat vegetables and fruit. And he swears up and down by that diet. And in fact, Wesley Woodyard, uh, former linebacker for University of Kentucky under Rich Brooks, 
lives by the same type of diet only during the season. Of course, he's retired. Well, basically retired now since he had been picked it up as a free agent. But uh, I, I promise you, I think that's why Tom Brady has been so successful, been so healthy. And, and the other part is he's always had a great supporting cast uh, when it comes to uh, his linemen and his running back, his tight ends that protect him. That's been a, a bit of a gift as well. But I heard an interview this morning uh, down in uh, Tampa where he wants to become, his goal is to be the oldest starting quarterback in the NFL. So he's got at least two more years uh, to make sure he breaks that record right there. And I think he can do it. And, and the one thing that he also leans heavy into is the plyometrics. Like he, his flexibility is his key. Yeah. And as you know, when you get older, that flexibility is kind of one of the first things to go. But he has his is is kind of been uh, devoted to that. And I was uh, listening to Howard Bryant that just wrote the a book on Ricky Henderson. And Ricky Henderson, that was his thing. Was he stopped lifting weights and stopped doing everything else? But he maintained his flexibility, and that's why he like led the uh, led the major leagues in stolen bases at like forty or something like that, something ridiculous. So maybe yeah. there's something to it. I, I think so too. It, you know, Ricky Henderson naturally had huge thighs, and yeah. you looked at him and you knew. He always had a smile on his face, and he always did a great interview. He was he was definitely one of my favorite baseball players. For sure, for sure. We got to flip it to Kentucky football. We, you know, had the media days in in Birmingham, and you know, everybody listens to just the cats. Shannon always gives you a hard time. You always find rankings and things where Kentucky <laughs> isn't ranked as high as you like. And, yes. And Shannon's like, "Why are you worrying about that? Who cares?" And you're like, "It, it, it really bothers me." So y'all kind of go back and forth. My question, Michael, as far as this upcoming season. With Kentucky football, I want to know what worries you the least. As a position group, a certain player, what worries you the least about Kentucky football going into this season? Uh, it's our running game. I mean, come on. I, if you look at, uh, in fact, uh, Christopher Rodriguez was named to another watch list today. Uh, and, and with the line that we have and the young man that's transferring from uh, LSU and and uh, even with the losses of Landon Young and uh, Luke Fortner and some of the others, I still have all the confidence in the world when it comes to the Darian uh, uh, Darians on our offensive line. Kennard, I'm trying to lose him like his name, Darian Kennard, and how he's dying his hair blue to go down <laughs> to uh, the SEC football media day. I, I think it's great, and I think we are. I say we. University of Kentucky, thanks to my great friend who I miss dearly, John Schlarman, thanks to him, we have become offensive line university. And, and I really believe we're, we're going to hit more stride with not just the offensive line. I think we're going to start hitting now with the running backs. It started with Benny Snell. And I think wide receiver is the next missing link for us. I have great confidence. Whichever quarterback's going to start, and believe me, it's going to be between Will Levis and Joey Gatewood. And I love Joey Gatewood. And uh, I, I really think Will Levis is going to be our starting quarterback. But if you're asking me right now, I, I have zero uh, worry when it comes to the running back situation. And whoever the quarterback is, if, if, if it hits, if the offense hits, 
the quarterback play will improve, the receiver play will improve. Those things are kind of hand in hand been holding each other back. So if, if one improves, the other has to improve along with it. Absolutely it does. And you know, with the with the, the offensive line, I keep referring to that, but that's gonna give the quarterback plenty of time to pass the ball. I'm expecting a high power, not an air attack, but a high tower balanced attack. And I'm looking forward to it. The other part that's a close second, I, I got all the confidence in the world from Josh Pascal. I mean, I love how can you not love Josh Pascal? Everything that he's overcome and still has a smile on his face and still has all the confidence in the world. Josh Pascal, what a great young man. He'll be a great story for years to come after he leaves University of Kentucky. He definitely will. And as far as you mentioned offensive line, in, in this instance, to me, you know, with Terry being the Lakers fan and you being a Rays fan rooting against the Yankees, it's always like the Yankees and the Lakers, the rich get richer. They always get some player that they don't <laughs> need. In this situation with the big blue wall, adding Dare Rosenthal, it's like Kentucky's offensive line. The rich got richer. It's just a nice feeling when it's not the Lake that's when that's not happening to the Lakers or the Yankees. It's, it's cool to see it happen to Kentucky's O line. Uh, exactly. And especially the fact that uh you gotta believe Jamin Davis had a lot to my good friend Jamin, who I like to say, uh he's my Bob Marley kind of guy. Davis uh just did a great job making sure that he came to Kentucky. Not Jamin Davis, uh um, Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin Joseph. Thank you. I'm sorry. Boss man fat. And yeah. uh, you got to believe that Kelvin had a lot to do with uh, Dare coming to Kentucky. He's like, this is a great experience. You don't want to be at LSU. I understand. I went to Kentucky and here's my reason why. And I can tell you, this is, this is why he did. And, and Dare's going to be a huge addition to the offensive line. And guess what? We're going to have another offensive or another person in the, in the first round of the NFL draft next year, and it's going to be Dare Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I mean, the players talk, they communicate and let each other know what's happening, and hey, if I'm in a good situation, or hey, no, this isn't a good situation. So, yeah, they, they communicate. Well, I think the other huge thing, Terry and uh, Vinny. I was when this whole transfer thing came up. I was worried. Oh boy, Kentucky basketball is going to have all the transfers coming in. Kentucky football is going to have all the transfers leaving the program. And, and my gosh, I, I think we came out as good, if not better, than most teams in the SEC. I think uh, the coaching staff credit definitely goes out to Mark Stoops. Goes to uh, uh, my buddy. Uh, Vince Morrow, and they've done a phenomenal job bringing in better talent than what talent was leaving. Yeah, they they most certainly have. Uh, and it's, I don't know about you, but all of us have been through the struggles and the, the lean years. I'm still just kind of wrapping my head around the talent and the recruiting and the fact that players from LSU and Auburn are transferring to Kentucky in football. I'm still it's crazy. It. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, say that again. Did you ever think ten years ago something like that would be happening? If you said yes, I would. I would call you right now. You're a liar. And <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 when it comes to you know football, especially, it's kind of hard to know is this guy really good or whatnot. But the good rule of thumb is okay. Who are you beating out for his services? Right, like. I remember, as Vinny points out, you know, we used to be competing with Mac schools. You know, it would come down to Kentucky and Miami of Ohio. 
great oh, program, yeah. right? You know, but that you, you're not going to compete in the SEC if that's the kind of kids that you're getting. And I'm not trying to disparage the kids we did get, but the talent level is dramatically different now. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I've talked about that on the radio show with Shannon. And, and, and you're right. We were competing with teams like uh, Bowling Green of Ohio, Miami. You said Miami of Ohio, Cincinnati. Yeah. And even though Cincinnati has improved. But now, and that's why we lost Steve Klinkscale. You, you, we were beating out Michigan. We're beating out Georgia now. We're beating out Ohio State. And now we're, we're, we're really starting, okay, Steve Klingscale goes up to Michigan and joins them. Now we're going to start recruiting like crazy, which we're succeeding in Tennessee. I mean, we, we've never been able yes. to, to recruit and succeed in the South like we are currently. And we're going to continue to do that. And in my hometown, I mean, we've got Louisville on lock. Yeah. Yes. You know, exactly. that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing, too, with Kentucky as a state not – producing a, a, a lot of, high, of of college level talent at the D1 level. I know it, it's not D1, it's bowl subdivision of any, is that right? I, 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 I say D, I, I'm saying D1, 1A, whatever. But, you know, if, if Kentucky can keep a hold on the in-state kids that can't compete at that level, that's a pretty good recipe for building a really deep roster. Absolutely. And, and whatever you can do uh, to keep, you know, the angry birds out of there. And Vince, ever since Vince took over the recruiting in Louisville, J.J. Weaver, I mean, the list is just unbelievable how far down it goes with the players that are now coming to uh, University of Kentucky and not L. just 10 minutes down the road from where most of these players are playing from. So, so, I mean, that's that's where you start. I mean, uh, the best players were going to Notre Dame. They were going to Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama. These dudes are now coming to the U.K. without hesitation. And one thing I wanted to touch base with you, because you're in the belly of the beast being in Louisville <laughs> like I was. So, you remember a few years ago, Michael, when, when we were told that Louisville, the football program, was miles apart of Kentucky, right? Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. That, that it was... That it was you know, we couldn't sniff their level, so to speak. <laughs> so, recent, so at the media days, uh, Mark Stoops is asked about the nine-game SEC schedule, and he's against it. And so now I've seen a lot of folks say, well, you know, he's scared to play in the SEC, doesn't want one more game. And the response is, okay, Louisville people, like, we, we, we've beaten you. We've made that game kind of irrelevant. And now the talk is, well, you should be focused on the SEC. Don't worry about us. And it's like, oh, man, when did this switch happen? I didn't get an email or a Twitter notification. But on this show, even when we lost a couple of games, I would always say the gap isn't as wide as they make it out to believe. Like, the gap just has never been as big as you want to believe. Louisville just generally will have, like, a Lamar Jackson that is a cheat code. But everything else head-to-head has been even. And now I would say we're light years ahead. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what frustrates me. And that's why I do bring up these lists. I mean, you, you know, y'all were teasing me a little earlier, Benny. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's not that I get like, stuck on them. It's about the respect. And I think Kentucky deserves, when it comes to the football program, light years more respect than they're getting. And just like, for instance, I talked about a couple of days ago, the USPN Power Index picked L to beat Kentucky. And I'm like, 
where does that come from? I, I, it's beyond me how you could even come close to believe that Scott's Tots and his angry bird uh, are going to come and get on their own field and beat Kentucky. We are light years ahead of them talent-wise and in coaching and in every avenue you can think of. We're ahead of them just leaps and bounds. I don't get it. I mean, you look at even Cole Kubelik is buying into it. He picked Kentucky to be second in the SEC East, only behind Georgia. And, and that's not as crazy as it sounds. Like, I know, again, being in Louisville, Vinny, I know how you are in Knoxville trying to get those people to see. But it's not crazy that Kentucky will finish second in the SEC because they did it just a few years ago. Right, 2018. Right. It, that's you know that's when that Georgia game was a de facto like semifinal yes, game. You know, winner exactly. goes to Atlanta. So it's everything we're saying about Kentucky football isn't far fetched. No, like it, it used to be, like it used to be crazy talk to talk about Atlanta, but it's not. Not anymore. You're yeah. exactly because correct. If Kentucky finishes second, which they should lose, right? You know, yeah. and if Kentucky takes this, who knows? Play the game. You know, exactly. Well, Michael, I don't want to keep you, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time out to Absolutely. hop on and 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 hop on the show and talk a little UK with us and a little Tom Brady and and all kinds <laughs> of various different topics. Hope you enjoy the rest of your dinner with your son. Look forward to hearing your shows the rest of this week, and, and look forward to seeing the food scene videos when you get that done. <laughs> yeah, don't let exactly. Show don't let Shannon give you too hard of a time. I appreciate that plug. Well, listen, I, I'm happy to come on with you, Vinny, and Terry anytime. I think you guys do a fantastic job. I'm I'm happy to plug your uh, podcast anytime. So if you ever need anything from me, I'm always a phone call away, guys. Have a great night. Hey, you too, Michael. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Michael Bennett, Just the Cats. Yeah, let us fill in a couple weeks ago, and and he's friend of the show, been on here a couple times with us, so always fun to talk with him, and uh, still nice of him to let us jump in there, and that's the longest you and I've been on radio, radio together. The first time we met in person was you know Cameron Mills' show. Yeah, and, and it was cut short because of baseball. Exactly, uh, baseball, softball. One of, yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah, so we weren't on that long. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. I, I I love radio, man. It it it's it's a little bit different than what we do. Yeah, we we, we don't have hard stops. We don't have <laughs> <laughs> uh, the production quality might not be the same, but you know, not not too, not not too terribly bad. But I, I enjoyed. It. Thanks uh, to Michael Bennett for letting us letting us do that. Absolutely, I'm gonna produce on the air. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but got a message the other day from. Uh, our buddy Taryn Rodriguez we had him on to talk volleyball he hosts Set Point he's from out there on the west coast out in California I think we ended up getting him and Hunter Mitchell together and Hunter was on his show <clears throat> and uh, of course you know Hunter outside of Craig Skinner uh, nobody knows more volleyball than, than Hunter Mitchell I think Hunter ended up doing Taryn's show as well but Taryn messaged he DM'd me or he DM'd the show account asking if we could be on his show set point this coming Monday it will be 8.35 Eastern time it's going to be his 100th episode he was wondering if we could hop on there I don't know if you saw that or not but uh, not saying you got to commit or whatever you might have something going on Monday but I know he was wanting to try to get us on his show 
Yeah, I, I, I saw that in, in my mind. I responded to you and to him. I should be good to go. I'm still getting used to the time change. Uh, mm-hmm. Central time zone is a little bit different, and I'm trying to get, and I'm trying to get used to it. I, I, you know, when you're Eastern time zone, you just something come on eight o'clock. You're like, okay, that's eight o'clock for me, right? You just click it. <laughs> now I got to do math about time zones, and now it makes me mad because I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I was a few minutes uh, today because I'm moving around and doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's many. Oh, because <laughs> it's. it's- five o'clock right now where you are right well, yeah, it, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's an hour behind so it's a little bit different uh so i, I i'm uh, i'm getting used to it yeah i would to to have to do it all the time for sure would have to take some getting used to because i know we go to vacation different times like it's weird like if you would go to like panama city florida think florida is it's even further east than kentucky but that part of florida is like in central time so you the week you, you spend a week down there and you, you're down there doing the math and like you said <laughs> but uh because they're in central time and it, you think they're further east than us but they're still in the, in the central time zone some kind of way yeah you know in our actuality louisville should probably be in the central time zone it's 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 close you don't have to get that far out of Louisville before you hit the central time zone. So, but anyway, enough time zone talk. Back to the back to the NBA. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, like I was saying before, uh, Michael came on. Every time a team wins, we try to extrapolate it out and make it more than just, "Hey, this team won this year," right? We try to is this the blueprint for every, for everybody else? No. Like, you know, when the Patriots were on their run with Tom Brady that we talked about, can I remember when the, the, the Giants beat them, well, can other teams emulate it? No, because the Giants had Strahan and Humanura and a bunch of those guys, like, they had the particular guys that could do that. And it doesn't mean that it can be replicated. You know, there's just sometimes, you know, teams just get constructed specifically to beat your team you know i hate to bring up 2015 but wisconsin was the only team that could beat kentucky that year wisconsin was the one team we needed alex poitras's skill set for right mm-hmm. i said it as we started you know when the when the brackets came out i don't know if i said it here but i did say I'm like man i don't want any part of uh wisconsin because because yeah. We don't have anybody that can take care of Sam Decker. They had another guy. I can't think of his name. That, that's going to be too much. Right? So sometimes you just come across that. So looking at what Milwaukee did, uh, the pressure is on these small market teams. Because if Milwaukee can can you know find a dime in the rough with Giannis, so can other teams, right? Like, and, and don't forget, Chris Middleton spent time in the G League. Yeah. Like, that's your one-two. <laughs> a, a foreign pro- project. Like, he didn't, like, Giannis didn't come in like Luca, right? Giannis didn't come in even like Dirk. Mm-hmm. He didn't come in like Tony Kukoc. You know, you look at his, you know, there's that clip of his draft, you know, when they, when they talk about draft. Like, he wasn't supposed to be that dude. I forget 
uh, I saw, oh, I can't remember it now, like, who was comparison to, and I was like, oh, wow. They're like, yeah, this is probably what you're going to get out of Giannis. But the Bucks coached him up. Like, I saw, was it, it wasn't Howard Bryant. Somebody put a tweet out, some NBA guy, and said if Giannis played in the 90s, what would his comparison be? And I I went Theo Ratliff and Irvin Johnson, not Magic, the Irvin Johnson that played for Seattle. You know what I'm talking about. Right. That's who I think he would have been in the 90s. So, yeah, I'm with you. And, and, and that's what we all thought. And then they got player development, and they just got a bunch of dudes that know how to play. P.J. Tucker, right? Like, you know about P.J. <laughs> Tucker. And dude's fearless. He's got a shoe collection, but he's just, like, he will bang on folks, whether it's banging on Chris Paul, banging on Anthony Davis last year in the playoffs. Like, that's P- that's how P.J. Tucker get his money, right? Yep. So, you, and, you, and you got Crew Holiday, and you get a lot of these dudes that was Milwaukee's recipe. I know all these leagues are copycat leagues, but unless you have a Giannis, you can't do what the Bucks did. Right? That's that's the point I try to make is whatever your team, who, your front office, whoever it is, they need a plan. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm pro Laker. I bring it. Up, I bring this up all the time. The Lakers decided back in Minneapolis, we just need two dudes. Give us two Hall of Fame dudes and we will figure it out. And I'm making that overly simple, but that's how they do things. Give us two Hall of Fame dudes and we'll figure it out. And the Lakers fans are like, yeah, yeah. If you make one of those dudes a superstar, hey, we in here, right? So, and that's how the Lakers operate. We get two dudes. Uh, let's look, we got Shaq and Kobe. Uh, we won a bunch of championships with uh, Ron Harper and Rick Fox, and we even had Mitch Richmond and Horace Grant. Uh, why not get Gary Payton and Carl Malone? Like, okay, like, all right. And Laker fans are like, yes, we know those players. Yes, we're in. You know that? Why not? Hey, we got we got uh, Kobe and Powell, who is. Pau Gasol is underrated when we talk about Europeans. He's, I would put him top five or six if you look at his numbers and what he did. Yeah. But, but then you're like, okay, well, give us, give us Meta World Peace. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, give us Lamar Odom. All righty. And like, <laughs> you know, and, and we got Andrew Bynum, who like didn't play any more basketball after leaving the Lakers. But, but my point is, <laughs> that has been the Lakers' plan. And they've had, and, and, and again, you know, somebody on Twitter will like the Lakers. I'm like, man, because <laughs> I had somebody respond to me. Well, they've lost 15 finals. They've won 17. <laughs> like when you go to 32 and you've got a better than 500 record, that's pretty yeah. damn good. Like yeah. they, they're the way they do things just works, right? Milwaukee found a way that works. I, I just think there's there's different ways you can build a team. You look at what the Spurs did. Like, look, we got Tim Duncan. We're going to find some foreign dudes, and we're going to make it happen. Like, that was pretty much what they had. And right? like you said, yeah. Like you said with Giannis, he was with that, that picture, he was 196 pounds when he first got drafted. Uh, and now he's two, 242. Gained almost 50 pounds. Something like that. And 
to I mean you, just a lot of work a lot of work in the weight room and you look at him and you can still he's still kind of slim and trim even though he's gained all this muscle but then you look at Aiton beside of him who's not little but he's just manhandling Aiton he's pushing him around the difference in the strength and size of physicality between him and Aiton was very noticeable every time you know Aiton was trying to guard him straight up and and this is what happens with the big dudes Wilt Chamberlain said it best years ago nobody boots for Goliath yeah we talk about athleticism and physicality when we talk about the guys flying through the air but for me there's something for somebody getting the ball sizing up another seven footer and saying you can't stop me from doing what I want to do and that's what Giannis did last night like uh, and I listened to Bomani Jones podcast today but I feel like if you like here's what people say about Shaq well, all he did was dunk people couldn't stop it <laughs> yeah. like people like okay well, all he did was dunk yeah because again in the two, it was it 2000 well all all those finals runs you know Rick Smith is not a small man and exactly <laughs> And Shaq was bullying him under the basket. <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo, four-time defensive player of the year, is not a small human being. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture where he is leaning on Shaq with his forearm in the small of Shaq's back, and Shaq turns and knocks Dikembe Mutombo backward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, and, and, and we see that. You know, we saw it again last night with Chris Middleton. He's like, "Oh, I got CP3 on me." They can't do nothing with this. I'm going to the post. You know, I got Booker on me. Oh, I'm eating. And he's another one. He's another one. You know, I'm. Well, look, I was. I didn't have a dog in the fight, obviously, with this series. But I, I felt myself pulling for Phoenix. I was wanting Booker to win one. I was pulling for Monty Williams, especially with all he's been through. You know, you, you end up deciding one way or the other. Super Bowl finals when your team ain't in it, you lean one way or the other. I was pulling for Phoenix, you're pulling for Milwaukee. But I had Chris Middleton on a fantasy basketball team. But I watch Milwaukee a lot. I checked my little fantasy team. There's some dudes I play with at work. Middleton, Middleton's putting up points every single night, monster points every night. You look at him, he's not that much to look at. He's not that athletic. You know, if I don't know, maybe if you think back to the 90s, yeah, kind of like Steve Smith, kind of just lang, long, lanky. Yeah. Great with that mid-range. But then, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, he's, he's bigger than you think. You you watch the Atlanta series, and they got Kevin Herter and, and, and John Collins and those guys guard him. And look how much bigger he was than those guys. Booker, we know, is 6'7". And look how little Booker looked up against him. And and then the dude is just solid. The mid-range is, you know, he's... You talk about Paul and all that. Middleton's Middleton's game is just solid. He's not going to kill you with flash. The broadcasters talk about everybody that coaches him thinks he's not playing hard until they coach him. Kind of like, you know, Marcus Allen and Eric Dickinson don't look they're running fast until you try to chase them. You yeah. kind of glide along and Next thing you know, the game's over and he's got 30. And that's, that's just how he does it, man. And, and, and the thing about the the Bucks is the, Giannis 
his game isn't pretty to look at. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it's like, again, it's like Shaq's game wasn't pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, as Lakers fan, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing about having to guard someone who's physically bigger than you, it's not the first quarter. It's not the second quarter. It's not the third quarter. Right? It's the fourth quarter. And that's when Shaq was Shaq. When the Lakers won those three straight championships, those three three straight finals, uh, 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 you know that three P, it was it was the third and fourth quarter Shaq. That's when the Dikembe Mutombo's, the Rick Smiths, the whoever, you get tired of banging against someone seven foot three hundred pounds and that strong. It's like a power running game. It's like when Benny Snell was playing for Kentucky, most of his yards were in the second half. Because eventually dudes get tired of tackling. Mm-hmm. And that's what Milwaukee did. Milwaukee just, and it wasn't that they were being cheap. It wasn't that 1980s clothesline, punch people in the face basketball. It was just, they were physically pounding on them. And, and that's where Drew Holiday comes in. Chris Paul's 36, and he's short compared to the NBA. Yeah. And if Drew Holiday is bumping him, 94 feet for three quarters. We saw it in the fourth quarter of a lot of those games. Chris Paul didn't have anything left. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, when you look at Giannis's play, the block on eight, which was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The dunk yeah. Uh, uh, in game five on uh, Chris Paul, that's in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That That is someone that has played 40 minutes of NBA basketball making those plays. Like, that's why we put that LeBron dunk from 2016 in such high esteem. This is game seven. You have come back from 3-1 and to make that play at that time with like a minute and change left, like how do you do that? No. You know, that's why we look at you know, Michael Jordan in 98, we knew his legs was gone, but he still got the shot off when his team needed it. That That's what we remember about the NBA, especially in the finals, is you, you see people make these plays in the fourth quarter, and you know they're tired. They've been playing basketball for nine months. Right. You know, I saw today that Giannis was, had to get IV fluids after game five. Mm-hmm. Like, and he made that play. Like, you know, we talk about Jordan and his flu game, hangover game or whatever. But but look at these these plays where it takes just and it goes back to what I said earlier. They, they just want to do it like I'm not going to let my team lose. And you make those kinds of defensive plays that, that turn the tide or the offensive plays with the alley-oop uh, dunk from Giannis. So I don't know what the takeaway is going to be. But other than Giannis's, I mean, I, I don't think we have seen someone rise as fast up the all-time rankings as Giannis has in the last four years. Think about it. Four years ago, he was most improved. Now he's got two regular season MVPs, uh, one or two defensive player of the year. 
a finals yeah. MVP and a championship, like that that list is him and Michael Jordan. And he's 26. Yeah. <laughs> so even if he doesn't play any more basketball, that he's still on a list that's just him and Michael Jordan. Did and you? he gave you two 40 points and a 50 point yeah. to close it out. Like that is just a dude saying, and I don't like to talk about the clutch gene and all that kind of stuff, but I do talk about just somebody with basketball. One dude could just say, we're not losing tonight. And mm-hmm. I, I know you're not a, a Marvel guy, but one of my favorite quotes from the Marvel movies is from the first Avengers. Iron Man is talking to Loki. And Loki's like, look, I got this army coming. We're going to bring it. And Iron Man just says, well, we got a Hulk. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> with with basketball, you can just say, we have this dude. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we talked about it uh, with, with Anthony Davis at Kentucky. Like, we got Anthony Davis. Like, that's all we need. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm really making it simple. That's not really all you need, but <laughs> like we've got that. That gives us a shot to do this. And then this morning, and I'm just going, I'm going to play it right quick. You can go to Chick Fil A and order 50 nuggets, 50 minis, like Giannis did. So I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and put that out there because it's, it's already been out there. And and, and, and Giannis, look, and another. Reason I was rooting for you. Can I have a fifty piece? Sorry, I will put you. Can I put your camera? Do you mind or no? Sure. Just uh, there's hundred fifty thousand people watching you right now. Really? Yes. So can I can I have please a fifty piece Mac Minis? Fifty exactly. That's fifty one. That forty nine chicken minis. Yes. Fifty. And uh, let me have a large drink. No ice. Half Sprite. Half lemonade. Not 49, not 51. You can get 50. <laughs> yeah. When you drop 50 in a closeout game to win a title. And you ain't won a title for your the city ain't won one in 50 years. And and and, and Giannis, look, he's a different kind of dude. He I, I was rooting for him because it seemed like his teammates like him. Like not like okay, this dude's gonna help me win. Like it just seems like they genuinely like him, and I don't think that happens a lot. Right, we talked about I mean, it before. You you trying to win with this dude, but that don't mean you like him, even though you with him more than you with your family. Like it, it, it's obvious that Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan ain't buddies. They weren't buddies. They were just co- they were just coworkers. Right, and that's fine. Right, like we all have jobs where you got people. You're like, look. I don't like Fred, but we got we got to do this, yeah. right? Like that's okay, but for some reason we think you know sports teams everybody got to get along. No, right. everybody everybody got to do their job, man. Uh-huh. Like that's just what it comes down. But Giannis, he's in a totally different headspace. He proves you don't have to be a psychopath to right. win this game. <laughs> yep. Like you don't have to be like as we've said. You look at the last dance, Michael Jordan. If he wasn't playing basketball and he was doing that in any other walk of life, dude would be in front of HR. Like somebody would have thrown hands with this dude. Yeah. Kobe, yeah. the same way. He, do- he like his whole thing was he dogged his, like he dogged his teammates, right? Like you know, it, it, it didn't seem like Tim Duncan was a raw raw guy. Like 
all this kind of stuff. Kawhi doesn't say a word. You know, mm-hmm. but it just genuinely looks like the Milwaukee Bucks all kind of like each other. Yeah. And they're happy for Giannis. So that to me was refreshing. You yeah. look at his quotes, you see the clip of him and the little girl showing pictures he, you know, gets out from autographs and has a genuine moment. Like he just seems different. Now I'm not saying that he's morally superior to anybody else. I'm right. just saying he's different. After you know? the after the game the other night, he said he had to go to the locker room because he had to take a tinkle. Yeah, <laughs> Who says like, that? What yeah. NBA dude says that? And, and he's he's just. I think it's. I mean, you have to keep in mind, like he's coming from Greece. Yeah, and he was homeless and starving. Yeah, and he was hustling and and, and all this kind of stuff. Didn't so have food he, to eat. He's coming from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something else that we do. Like LeBron, like LeBron is the dude that we just bring up to to prop up other people. And <laughs> I've seen a lot of people tweet about it and talk about it. What about LeBron's upbringing would lead you to believe that he would be where he is? Mm-hmm. Like, have you been to Akron, Ohio? Do you know of Akron, Ohio? Yeah. Yep. And how many dudes have we seen on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the cover of Slam Magazine, whatever, that were supposed to be the top dudes? And then you're like, what happened to that guy? Mm-hmm. So. Cautionary tales. Right, and right, right, right. There's a whole bunch of dudes that did some things to get at, you know, they're, not to get in all that, but my point is, you can say Giannis's story is great without being like, well, he's no LeBron. Like, really? What about LeBron's story before he got to high school makes you think that that was a sure thing? Right. Like, uh, okay. Like, LeBron was had to, had to hustle. You know, like, what are you talking about? You know? So, again, but this is what we do when a team wins a championship. It swings wildly. Hey, this is the only way to do it. Uh, you know, Giannis saying, hey, you know, I did it. I didn't have to go to a super team. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> even if you get us, and, and all we mean by super team is the players put a super team together. That's all we mean. Mm-hmm. That's all we mean by that, right? But that doesn't always guarantee victory. That's not the easy way out. Right. It, it, it's, it's not, oh, well, we got these players championship that's not the way it works take it from me i'm a kentucky fan like just because you have a bunch of dudes doesn't mean does not guarantee a championship it just doesn't yeah and every championship like i said at the very beginning every championship is hard to win you need a little bit of luck right yeah. like you you look at if kevin durant takes a three-quarter of an inch move back mm-hmm. to that shot the the, the Bucks aren't even in the finals. Yeah. And, and they're looking to blow things up, right? That's how small this stuff is. Yeah. Bud was coaching for his job. We we had Jake Fisher on. And everybody like everybody knew Bud about to get fired. If even if he gets to the finals and it gets ran or gets beat in five, he's fired. The Bucks yeah. haven't been to the finals in our lifetime. And if he got him to the finals and, and got smoked, he was out. He was gone. So Again, you can point to and you can say, oh, well, you know, this was a COVID. Like every year is something. Every championship has its own unique challenges, right? Everyone, even the Lakers in 88, 
repeating is hard, right? It's it, 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 it's really hard. And then you get back to the finals in 89, and you're starting backcourt, three of their four hamstrings get pulled. Like, <laughs> it, it, it happens like that. And, and we try to, and, and I know we're in just a rank everything kind of thing. Where does this rank? Where does this rank? Like, just enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. you, like, again, you can point to every championship. I don't care if it's World Series, Super Bowl, uh, NBA championship. We can have Craig Bates come on and talk about the Stanley Cup. Every champion has a moment where it could have gone the other way. It just could have. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We we talked about, you know, we made the comparison to when the bracket opened up for Kentucky and, you know, they, they just got to beat Kansas State and whoever was next to make it to the Final Four. It didn't happen. We hate it. It didn't work out. Now, my, uh, Milwaukee did beat the Nets, but, but Philadelphia wasn't there and whoever the second seed wasn't there either. So, in a sense, the bracket opened up for Milwaukee and we were like, can they can they capitalize? And at the time we were talking about this, they were getting all they wanted, I think, from Atlanta, who was like the five seed. But they had a business against Brooklyn, and then they they were able to come out of the East. And look, got to take advantage of your opportunity. Play who's in front of you. They go down 0-2 to Phoenix, but it's like they it's like they once they cracked the code on Phoenix, that was it. Because you look at the first two games in Phoenix, to me. Phoenix was on the verge of blowing them out each time, and Milwaukee made both of those first two games in Phoenix a little interesting. They they cut that twenty point deficit to five or six. And you're like, oh, and Phoenix hit some shots and and was able to hold them off. So I'm like, man, you know, it it wasn't like Phoenix just cruised because Milwaukee kind of made a little close for comfort there in the third quarter of both of those games, and then the shift to Milwaukee and they hold serve, and then. They kind of just snatched the momentum and, and punked Phoenix from then on out. In, in game five, that's the one where Phoenix had it. That was yeah. the one in Phoenix, and they come out smoking them. And then Milwaukee just took the punch and, you know, regained control again in Phoenix. And, and, and it, the thing was, Milwaukee, neither one of these teams had any experience in the finals. Yeah. And so the difference to me was Phoenix had dudes that had seen things. Like PJ Tucker had been through things in the playoffs, right? The Bucks themselves, the last two, three seasons, had been through things. Remember, they were up 2 0 on the Raptors that year in 2019, right? Right, 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 right. Uh-huh. And so Milwaukee, they had been through some things. That to me was the difference was as good as Chris Paul is, he's never been this deep in the tur- in the, in the playoffs before. And it showed. Mm-hmm. Like, the same way with Devin Booker. Look, I love Booker. Uh, he's a Kentucky guy. Obviously, I love me some Devin Booker. But some of my Kentucky fans on Twitter, y'all got to be honest, dude. Y'all, y'all, like, y'all got to be honest. Like, yeah, he's putting up 40 points. That's great. And he's on that list of 40 point whatever. But if he wants to do Kobe, uh, Kobe did a lot more. Than oh, just he, score. yeah, he's still getting cooked on the defensive end. Quite Kobe, a bit. Kobe was locked down. Yeah. Okay. Kobe was the dude that guarded the other wing. Like I think that gets underrated during that three peat 
because people like to say, oh, you know, Shaq carried Kobe. Hey, bro. Yeah, it, it's good to have Shaq on the back end, but Kobe was locked down. Mm-hmm. He was putting dudes in a box. And, you know, Bill Simmons, the, 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 the Boston sports guy, likes to talk about Kobe shooting 6 of 24 in game 7 of 20. Did He had 13 assists that game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, you know, Kobe did a whole lot of other things. I saw somebody, you know, uh, put out there that up until last night, Devin Booker didn't have any assists in the fourth quarter of any game in the finals. His first assist mm. was to Frank Comiskey of all cosmic, <laughs> cosmic bewilderment. And did that just hit you wrong, Booker to Kaminsky? Like that just it was wow, so yeah. weird. It was weird. And that was that was part of the reason I'm like, well, I'm like, should I even be rooting for Phoenix? Yeah, but but I'm like, well, Monty, I'm rooting for Monty. Forget Frank the Tank. I'm, I'm rooting for yeah. Monty and Booker. That's what I kind of kept telling myself. <laughs> so, uh, so Booker's got to do more. Like yeah. you can get, and, and the thing was, and I can't remember who on Twitter said, you know, Booker has got to make the game easier for himself. Like just because you can't hit these contested you know, fade away 15, 16, 20 foot shots. Like you, bro, you gotta make it easier. Like you've got to be able to score in a bunch of different ways, right? Because you, the, 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 the Bucks just said, okay, Book's gonna go for 40, ain't nobody's gonna do nothing. Yeah. Well, you gotta make them pay for that. And that's the thing that, that Kobe, and I know we talk about it with Jordan was, it wasn't just the scoring. You know, for my money, the play of the 98 finals wasn't the shot. That was easy. That was the same action of Malone on the block that the Jazz had been running all game long and Michael had been trailing his guy all the way through. Yeah. Right? He came back. That's that's the winning that was the winning play. Mm-hmm. That was the play that won the, the the championship. It wasn't the shot. You know how many people can hit? Uh, you know, I'm saying how many people can hit a shot like that with championship line. But you know that 15 foot jump shot, okay. But to make that defensive play, oh, that that's rarefied air. So you've got to do other things for your team to win. And again, talking about Giannis, I know we've talked about this for an hour. But the dude hit the free throws when it mattered. Yeah. Like, I have never, ever seen someone... I I, I think of... I mean, you got to look at the circumstances. Like, he has airballed free throws. He has hit, like, the backboard to the left, backboard to the right, like... and, 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 And he was a knockdown free throw shooter last night. How does that happen? That's a dude getting in the space like, hey, we not losing. I, and I love it. I love it. So congrats to the Bucks. Enjoy it. You know, let's get ready for let's get ready for next year. I hope the Lakers make some moves. We get AD and LeBron healthy. And let's do it again. Yeah. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. I wanna backtrack for a second because uh I forgot to mention Let's see. You meant to mention you talked about math earlier. I'm gonna try to talk about English for a little bit. I guess more so specifically, uh, 
spelling because we had history in the spelling bee. I know you said Mama B won the spelling bee. We had history, was it last week or two weeks ago, in the spelling bee when Zara uh, won the spelling bee. Eighth grader, first African American to win it, and we forgot to talk about her, but she, she brought it home. She did her thing spelling. She's a great basketball player, just all around wonderful young lady and congratulations to her for willing to spell and be a couple weeks ago yeah uh, I'm, I want to get her I want to get her name right yes I'm trying Zayla Avant-Garde yes first African-American spelling bee champion so yes you are correct my mother Mama B and I have shared this uh, I have shared this uh, picture she was the colored junior high champion for the state of Tennessee, also in the eighth grade in 19... Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to put it out there because... So, basically, she wasn't allowed to compete beyond that. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons. And so, uh, my mom has reached that stage of life where I know how big a story is if she knows about it. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we are on social media, you and I, we, you know, I'm watching the news, I'm going to my Apple News and read, you know, but you're not a star if, if my mom doesn't know who you are. Uh-huh. Right? Like, like my parents reached that stage. I think you get into your 70s, it's like, you know what? I don't care. Actually, I'm getting kind of there now. <laughs> I've, I've realized that when I'm listening to a song on the radio, I'm like, I'm not interested in learning these lyrics. You know, it used to be when we were younger, you try to get all the lyrics. Now I'm just like, this got a good beat. Oh man, I've been team beat all my life, but yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, well, can't be because now you can Google the words of the song. Like, that's what he's saying. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so I went over. Uh, I, I, I talked to my mom after that. She said, "Did you see this?" Like, I said, "Yeah," because spelling is that was her thing like she was the state champ but she had she was i I don't know regional champ like she spelling was my mom's thing growing up in school um one of her teachers miss hilda massey uh because my mom probably like your parents and a lot of other people's parents uh especially african-americans it was just one big school building with a couple of teachers and the kids, all this kind of stuff. But Miss Massey was the one that kind of recognized, hey, that my, that my mom had something. So she would help her spell and do all this kind of stuff. And uh, I actually got to meet Miss Massey, who was still alive when I was born. So mm. she was about 90-something years old when I was a kid. And so anyway, I say all that to say that this spelling thing was a big thing. Uh Little Miss, and I hate to call her Little Miss because she's almost as big as I am, but she texted me, did you see this? I got to talk to Grandma. So they talked about yeah. it. It was, a, it was a point of pride. Um, so I put all that into context for this. Uh, you know how I've talked about how kind of strict my mother was on English because she was an English teacher? Uh-huh. Buddy, let me tell you something. When it came to spelling, especially because we didn't have spell check back then. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Like, during the summer, I had to do etymologies on words. Wow. Like, you know, this 
word came from this language, this <laughs> word. I had to, that's what I did. I can't remember if that was fourth or fifth grade summer, but like I had to do that. I had to break down 15, 20 words per week using a sentence. Like that's what I had to do. Now, it's it sucked at the time, I'll tell you that much, but it was a benefit down the road. So, but what I'm saying is, spelling was a big deal in my house. Like I couldn't just say spelling doesn't matter to a spelling bee chant. Like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't say ah, you know. And then uh, we got one of those, uh, one of the first Apple two E's or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like the original kind of floppy disk computer. We got one of those, and it had spell check. I was like, oh, this is great, spell check. She's like, nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah. So uh, great for Zalia. Zalia, I believe it's Zalia. Mm-hmm. And she hoops too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she was just like, oh, I do spelling as a hobby. What? Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes out for her. She gonna light it up, baby. That's right. That's right. And what much? How much theme is this Texas and Oklahoma possibly to the SEC yet? I, I don't know. I, I think we're to the point now. Fourteen teams is too unwieldy. I don't like it. I, I if you were to get sixteen teams, like I, I just, I know it's all TV and it's all money, but I, your your basketball schedule becomes crazy. The football schedule, you know, you play your division teams, but. It, as it is, Kentucky hasn't been. Texas A&M hasn't been to Kentucky yet, right? Nope. Because we went to A&M a couple years ago. Yeah. But th- so, what? I I just I'm against it. The, the problem is the Big Twelve itself. It's it sounded good to make Texas the breadwinner, but in all actuality, it's not doing anything. Because you have to keep in mind, Oklahoma, there's not a lot of people in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Like, Oklahoma's a name, but there's not enough eyeballs. Yeah. And when you look at, and I know I'm saying this because, you know, Baylor just won the men's basketball championship. But honestly, who else in the Big 12 right now moves the needle? Kansas does men's basketball, right? But who else football? Oh, and in football... Oh, beside Oklahoma, outside of Oklahoma, no. yeah, no. Mike Gundy'll make a Mike Gundy'll say something crazy every once in a while, and that'll be about it. Right? There's no, there's no team that you're like, wow. And the, and this is what I've tried to explain to folks in the Midwest, uh, because everybody thinks that you know SEC football, oh, it's just uh, you know it's Alabama LSU. Yeah, yeah, that's a big game, but. You don't understand that people will watch Ole Miss and Arkansas. People, you know, people will watch Kentucky and South Carolina. Like, yeah. that's, but that's the difference between the SEC and everybody else. It's that everybody's going to watch the top teams. Uh-huh. Texas, Oklahoma, Red River shootout, or Red River rivalry. Yeah. That's so lame. <laughs> you know, come on now. But, you know, people watch that game, but mm-hmm. who's going to watch – Texas Tech versus Baylor. Right. Nobody. Not for four quarters at all. No. But I'll watch Vanderbilt and Mississippi State if they oh, come like, on. If oh, whoever. yeah. That, 
difference between the SEC and everybody else, right? It's the it's the mid-tier games and some of the like low games that can still get eyeballs. I'm you know, like I'm like an old woman. I'm like an old woman watching her stories when it's SEC football Saturdays. You just, you know, the the so-so game at noon, yeah, the big one at three, then you got whatever comes on at seven, and then if you know, you know, some Saturdays, especially when we're younger, maybe when we get older, we go to bed now. But those late Saturdays, you then you're gonna pop over and watch one of those West Coast games, and it's like you just yawn, like oh, oh this this UCLA, this Washington UCLA Utah State game, game yeah, sucks. Like, this what, Boise what is State, this? Fresno State is <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but that's the difference is the SEC is those second-tier games that people will still watch. It's still such a it's still played at such a high level. It's still good, good games. And, and, and let me just say the tailgating ain't the same. Let me oh. just say that. I, I, <laughs> we're going to try to do a, a Hawkeyes football game. Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully, if COVID, you know, that, yeah, with everything else, you know, I think it's understood as long as COVID allows. Yeah. But I've already heard like it's not the same. It's not the same. Even in Iowa football. I mean, yeah, they go and do, but it ain't the same. Uh huh. Because you know, I think about the places I've been in, uh, you know, in the SEC. Yeah. Old Miss has been objectively terrible for most of my life but their tailgates are great you've been to the grove i've been to the grove oh yeah. my god the it the, 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 the grove it's 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 a formal party like me and my boy we went like i can't remember what year now it's been a long time ago i don't even think it was for a kentucky game but we went and we just had on some shorts and t-shirts and polos like we're way underdressed <laughs> wow like this, this, this ain't it, you know. And it's just, it's just different. It, 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 am I saying it's better? Probably, but when and and this is the thing too. Everybody likes to joke because the SEC says it just means more. Well, damn it, it does. Yeah, like, it does mean more. <laughs> like you know, Northwestern versus Illinois. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, the Battle of Illinois. I don't mean nothing. Yeah, but Auburn versus Mississippi State for some reason that's a that's a matchup you gotta watch. Yeah, Tennessee and you know South Carolina. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. You know why not? What's Oxford like? Because I never been to Oxford. And well, the uh, town you hear all this good stuff. What is what, what's Oxford? Your your impression of Oxford? I, you know I'm not. Listen, let let me you know. Let me just be clear. I am not necessarily a small town person. Okay. Right. I'm just by my very nature. Like, I get it. I don't look down my nose at people that are from small towns. It's just not for me. And Lexington is probably the biggest city in the SEC. You know, I, I, I don't know. Gainesville, maybe. We got Nashville. But, okay, Nashville. There you go. There you go. All right. There's the Bet- one. But when you look at Baton Rouge, Tuscaloosa, uh, Starkville, like Fayetteville, come on, man, <laughs> Columbia, both Columbias, like now it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, and I know well, Terry's from uh, from uh, Louisville, the big look, look, whatever. I get that small town living just ain't for me. 
Okay. I don't look down my nose at people. I don't want people to look down on my nose because I'm from a city. And, you know, here's my thing is, if you think Louisville is a big city, you need to travel more. You need to travel more if you think Louisville's <laughs> a big city. And I'm saying that to people from Louisville. Right. Like, right. Yeah, you, you, you know Louisville's not a city, though, right? <laughs> like, Louisville's closer to town than it is a city. Well, I, I guess it is. Yeah. There's a big city coming from where I'm from. It is a it, you know, it is a big city, but yes, I haven't been to New York and Atlanta and Boston. Right. Louisville is not on that level. I, I get what you're saying. Right. Because so, <laughs> we took the girls to, we took them to Chicago some years ago, and Big Miss just said, she just, and I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago. There's like, they got high rises like outside of the downtown area. Like we we took the the L, I guess they call it, from the uh, airport to our hotel, and we drove through something, a bunch of high rises and all this kind of stuff. That wasn't even the downtown, mm. and that little area was was Louisville, right? So yeah. I tell people, if you think Louisville's big, go to Atlanta. Yeah. Go to St. Louis. Go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Go to go to Indianapolis. Mm. Right. I'm not even talking about Cincinnati because when it comes to Cincinnati, I'm like Tupac, you know, as a staff, as label, as a crew. But go to a city, and then you'll be like, okay, wow, this is okay. Yeah. This is this is this is different. Yeah. Now, as a small town guy, from my perspective, I've I've not been to Oxford, but um, you know, like you said, the Columbia's, the Lexingtons, Knoxville, Knoxville's decent size too. Uh, Auburn, been to Auburn, and it is. It is small. It is quaint. But I'm, I'm from a tiny town. You, you've been to Lynch, Kentucky. You just there the other day, so you see where I'm coming from. As Anthony Hamilton says, coming from where I'm from, right? How how tiny it is. So I, I still want to check out Oxford, uh, Auburn. You, you talk about how it just means more. They, they tailgate there. We went down there when when Kentucky beat them with Randall Cobb, and it was. You no, know, it was a surprise. Ooh, ooh, they beat Auburn. Cause I was just going, because my cousin's a huge Auburn fan, and we said we were going. And honestly, look, TB, we we know the strides Mark Stoops has made. But I'm going to Auburn in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, at least I can check it off of, you know, one of the SEC venues. I can say I've been there. And it's probably gonna be cool watching them throw that toilet paper because you, you're not expecting Kentucky to win on the road back then. You're just not, <laughs> and right. you, you don't expect Kentucky to win at Auburn. You can be optimistic as you want, but I've just just had a hard time seeing it. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna get to watch Tuman's Corner get rolled. So we went down there. It was great. There was a little restaurant there. You went and got you went to Tuman's Corner. You got to get a lemonade from there. And you know, all the little stuff, the touristy stuff, you got to do where you're there. Checked all that off. And then the gravy on top of all that was that Kentucky won. So that was the game they ended up beating them. So it was fun. Uh, I definitely want to hit the Grove. And, but like you say, it does just mean more. The tailgating there, the Auburn campus was great. The people were nice. And, you know, it's, it's 20, 30,000 people in Auburn max, you know, and it's a small town, but it's, it's just it's just fun. It's just the SEC. You can, that's this. We know what it is, and it's hard to even describe it, but we know what we're all talking about, having been to games here and living here. And, and it's not just football. 
you know, I, I tell people all the time, I didn't realize SEC basketball was that good until LSU came to Lexington my freshman year. And this is when they won, like, I think maybe three straight college World Series in a row. And they had their RVs out there tailgating on the road for baseball. I was like, this, this is different. Because, again, you look at the, the landscape of whatever your sport is, the SEC's best team is competing for a championship. Yeah, sure is. It sure is. Yeah, so you've been to the Grove. That is that is all right, man. It's all right. Yeah, you know, there's some other play. I'd love to go to LSU at night yeah. for a night game. Yeah. I've heard great, great things about that. Uh, you know, I, I on my bucket list is never going back to Neyland Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we went. I don't know if it was '96 or '97, maybe '98. One whatever. One of those games at Tennessee where yeah. Kentucky only scored like three points or oh, whatever, God. and Kentucky was, or uh, uh, Tennessee was up by fifty, mm-hmm. and uh, Kentucky scored a touchdown or whatever, and we stood up and cheered, and then we got the desk there. I was like, "Yeah, we need to get out of here. <laughs> like this, 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 this ain't for me." That's how they do. Yeah, like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is for me. Like, okay. That's how they do. That was, that was what my dad and my sister and I, we were, you know, during the midst of that streak, whatever, 28, 29 years losing to them in a row, however it was, we're like, we're going until Kentucky wins. When Kentucky wins, whenever it is, we're all, we're going to be there. So we would be to Knoxville, we'd be to Lexington. So every other year, we're going to Neyland, hoping that would be the year. And listening to Rocky Top all day and, and all that kind of mess. But so that was that was our thing. And then they finally broke through in twenty eleven at in Lexington. But we were we knew we were gonna be there to see it in person. But yeah, so yeah, that's it's yeah, Tennessee fans. I know what you're saying. Right. You know, <laughs> let let me let let yeah, let's let's you know. Uh, you know, we, number well, people take sports too serious anyway, and there's just places where you don't want to be an opposing fan, right? Like, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. Philadelphia, right. Veterans Stadium, Lincoln Finance, whatever it is now, the Link, yeah, kneeling that day when you were there, yeah, that kind of stuff. Giants fans um, at Dodger Stadium, Dodgers fans at. AT&T, Pac Bell, whatever. Yeah, that whole kind of stuff. That too. Yeah. Yeah. But let me tell you this, though. I'm going to go to Yum. I'm going to go to Cardinal Stadium. I'm going to rock my blue. Because to, to quote Bernie Mac, I ain't scared of you. you know, <laughs> I, look. <laughs> <laughs> milk and cookie. <laughs> those, those places aren't on the list. Because I will go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh man! Ouch! Gotta flip it to to music real quick. Another sad loss. But Biz Markie passing away, man. So Biz Markie, I just will say, and, and I tweeted this out. Did anybody look like they were having more fun rapping? Even <laughs> you know maybe Will Smith, but he he always came off a little bit corny. <laughs> right. But Biz Markie, uh, and, and 
and, and trying to explain to younger people like hip hop at that point rap in the 80s it was still fresh from the streets like yeah. it, it was not like the production quality like did you see that Hannibal Burris clip with uh, uh, T-Pain that little clip about hip hop like, like it, he had like a drum machine. He was like, <laughs> like we go to the bar. Yeah, the dark. We bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we used to that. We used to jam to that. that yeah. used to be, we used to be like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I love Cool Bull D, but he's like, hippity hoppity, hoopity. Like, you just, it's just Dr. Seuss words. I can rhyme hippity hoppity, bippity boppity. It's like, so primitive. Right. It's completely different. <laughs> It is completely different now. Like, you know, we're in that age group to see, because I remember when rap was like, just as a genre was, was it ain't even music, right? Uh-huh. Like, we, we not even paying attention to rapping. And then when rap got popular, I remember Barney Rubble rapping about some Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And so we have seen it come full circle now right where everybody tries to get a little rap in there you know uh, but Bismarcky coming from New York and the dudes who used to he used to run with were from the streets he's from the streets right mm-hmm. but he always looked like he was having fun he never took it serious yep. and he gave us I think the best karaoke song ever you say he's just a friend because you hit the chorus you can't say it worse than he can that's the beauty like <laughs> that's how good the song is the chorus isn't even in key you at know all. at all and 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 the the rapping ain't great but it makes you feel good to listen to you because yeah. i can go in any club over the last 30 years and everybody will sing the chorus I don't care who you are, right? That song come on, everybody's gonna go, you, you get like, that's just one of those songs, it's universal, right? Yeah. But he did other stuff. I love Vapors. Yep. That, that's a jam. And he did a lot of where he would just kind of show up. Spring on again. Yeah. <laughs> Spring again. <laughs> and, and just, he always looked like he was having fun. Even, you know, he was doing stuff, DJ Cool. Like he would just, in my mind, he would just show up like, I'm going to make some beats with my mouth. Okay, great. Uh-huh. Somebody reminded me, I forgot, he did Benny and the Jets on the Chris Rock show on HBO. Mm. And he could actually do it. Like, what? Like, <laughs> you, when you realize, like, the T-Pain could actually sing, you're like, what? Right, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. okay. But Bismarcky, <laughs> he was always fun. He was always, he just made everything better. And it was great, kind of, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, like, Will Smith brought him out for, was that Wild Wild West? Yeah, I believe uh, so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And, and Biz would just show up, and, and um, you know, hip-hop has been hit a lot this year with DMX and Biz mm-hmm. Markey and Shock G. And yeah. These, these aren't old dudes. No, not at all. That's the, that's the thing is uh, and they're all unique and they all made their mark because again you and I we're old enough to have seen again rap go from nothing to something Mm -hmm. like rap moved the needle 
Like, I don't know when that transition happened, but it did. Uh-huh. Yeah, when it crossed over. You talk about uh, you know, how much fun he had, and it was, it's just such a happy song. And and I will always, I will I will die on the hill that, that Nate Dogg was the best singing rapper ever. I will, I will die on that hill. Nate Dogg's hooks was, was great. His album was not great, but yeah. his, his hooks was great. <laughs> right, right. Biz, like you just mentioned, how off key Biz singing not so much, and he didn't care. The only other one I put in there, I put ODB in there because when he would be trying to sing that, you know, that song with Mariah Carey, me and Mariah, and he didn't care either. And when you just when you hear dudes on tracks like that, you just you just crack up because it's like, man, he's in the studio just just crooning with all he's got and that's how it sounds and they 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 went ahead and put it on there and kept it in there biz and odb man just singing off key is is just and he another one that's gone too soon um you know heavy d all those ones that you know died with nate dog all these people died way too young but odb and biz for just wailing and making the dog howl while they were singing on their albums was just hilarious yeah, and so that, that that's that list. And again, you know, uh, also somebody having fun, you know, give it up for Shock G. Yeah. Because, because how many people knew Humpty Hump and Shock G were were the same person? Right. Like, I admit, like, I knew it in the 90s. I'm not saying I just found out about it last week. Yeah. But think about that. He's rapping in two distinct voices. Two mm-hmm. distinct, like, what? Yo. So, uh, he had fun. Yeah, he but, did. But, but Biz Barkey, that's 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 a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's why it makes me really look on. I've said it before. LL Cool J, give that man his flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it goes back to if my mom knows somebody, they're famous, famous, and she likes LL Cool J. Right. But think about it. I'm bad. Came out in what eighty. 586 yeah yeah and he's still culturally relevant to today mm-hmm. I, his, his career is unmatched now i'm not saying he's the best mc i'm not saying his rhymes was the best he said they call me big ellie and i don't <laughs> think anybody ever called him that <laughs> <You know? laughs> for this song they do <laughs> yeah, you know, if you say so LL. <laughs> I mean, his name is Ladies Love Cool James. Like, yeah. the, the 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 rap names in the '80s. You look back, and you're like, come on, man. Everybody was MC. Everybody had everybody's name told the story. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah. And and and, and so yeah, uh, Biz Markey, great. Uh, that's why I don't put him in the one hit wonder category. No. Nope. You know, I I think you can. Because I, I think I told you, I, I listened to this channel on uh, YouTube where it's called One Hit Wonder, where this guy goes and he like, takes a deep dive at all these one hit wonders. And a lot of them, they just have just the one song and that's it. But I'm like, Biz Markey, to me, Vapors was a better song. Yeah. Yeah. He had the one that was popular, but I also know a bunch of people that played Vapors. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know somebody that's played any other song by Right Said Friend besides I'm Too Sexy? Mm, I don't. Nope. No. Like, 
they had other songs like <laughs> you know so we we talk you know it, it we talk about one hit wonders we can debate what exactly that means you know some people might say that sir mix lot is a one hit wonder and i'm like well my posse's on broadway is mm-hmm. but whatever whatever but but biz Markey, give him his props he he had fun he would just show up and do things and like he, he really enjoyed himself so I know he got sick I guess a week ago or maybe longer when it was reported that he was dead but mm-hmm. um, man for, for hip hop like hip hop legends you know, we, we, we toss that word around a lot you know just cause you sold a lot of albums doesn't make you a legend exactly you know but 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 DMX and Biz and and Shock G, yeah, that that's that's a yeah. Yeah, and Shock G on on I get around with Tupac. That was, that's probably some of my, I loved him on that too. Yeah, Tupac used to kick it with those guys. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, put he it was, he put his little verse on that one. And, yeah, yeah, you know, and then Tupac go ahead and rock this. You know that uh, uh, all around the world same song. Anyway, yeah. we could we could we could go on a deep dive. We need to just do a musical thing one day, but. Uh, but Biz Markie, yeah, that's a that's a big one, man. That's it. So we definitely have to talk about that. Um, the Olympics, I guess, are maybe still in limbo. Maybe they happen. Maybe they don't. If they do, what do you think USA Basketball will do? They, they get a few reinforcements. They they drop some exhibition games. What do you think, Keldon Johnson is? A spark and is in there doing his thing now that he had an opportunity. Uh, what do you think happens with USA basketball? <laughs> I, here, here's the thing I have said about the Olympic team. Why would somebody do it? It's it's low reward, high risk. Why yeah. would somebody do it? Mm-hmm. And I had somebody say to me, "Well, Gil Legacy, what?" Like Carmelo Anthony has three gold medals. He's the all-time leading Olympic scorer, and people are still getting on the airwaves talking about he's he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, <laughs> does does Michael Jordan winning in '84, '92, does is that what puts him over the top for you <laughs> in his legacy? <laughs> you know, is that the thing that really gets you going, right? Like, oh, you know, Charles Barkley never won an NBA title, but he got that Olympic ring. Low, it doesn't mean anything. And so, when you look at how ridiculous it is that the standards, not just the men, but the women, the women are 66 and 3 in Olympic competition. That is ridiculous. The women haven't lost an actual international event since 2010. Unbelievable. But when you the, the the problem is we're doing that thing that we used to do where we just said we're gonna send a bunch of dudes and we're gonna win. We can't do that anymore. Right? We can't do that. Um I don't buy the notion that the rest of the world has caught up because the rest of the world do, uh, the rest of the world still comes here to play. Right. <laughs> like, instead of Luca coming here, instead of Jokovic coming here, if Kevin Durant went to go play in 
Slovakia, then I might say the rest of the world is caught up. So let's not get dumb. We just don't pull the team together. And so the the, the basic fundamental problem is we don't have a pass first point guard. That's what separates the 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 really good teams to the teams that kind of eke out these gold medals. If you've got a Magic Johnson and a John Stock uh, John Stockton, okay, yeah, I know the dream team is an unfair comparison. But if you got dudes that just want to distribute the ball, that's fine. And then in '96, 2000, you got Jason Kidd, right? And then Chris Paul comes along. That was the problem with 2004. Your 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 guards were Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury. They not passing the ball, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So then you get Jason Kidd and you get your Chris Paul on the team. Who who do we have this year to do that? Nobody. Mm. Yeah, Dame is not a pass first. Right. Uh, yeah. I I, I uh, so I say to I say to folks, that's the only problem. It's roster construction. And dude, I looked up Kevin Love. What? How did that like Draymond Green? Come on, man. Why does like no not knocking Kevin, but Kevin Love is there. He's on the team, and then you had the, the quote from Pop says we're going to be expecting a lot, demanding a lot from Kevin Love. And then it comes out Kevin Love's leaving because he's not physically ready. I mean, didn't you know that before you got picked? You you kind of probably know what state your body is in. How do we how did we have to get on the team and then get lead the team to realize we weren't where we need to be physically? And and, and so the but the problem is in the NBA guys with the shortened offseason you know, getting these guys, especially those that played in the playoffs, this is a lot of basketball. I'm surprised Kevin Durant's out there. Yeah. Because I thought for sure at some point he's going to be like, nah, I'm good. Like, Kevin, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, coming off an injury. Yeah, what, like, what are you doing, KD? Like, and, and he and he looked gas at the end of game seven in the uh, in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I, I, was, I was waiting for him to be like, you know, but looking at the roster, uh, I think if this is the year, uh, if this is the year that the we we you know silver, bronze, or heaven forbid, don't medal, we will overcorrect. <laughs> because keep in mind, in 1988, the American team lost by six to the Soviet Union with Arvita Sabonis and a bunch of other future NBA dudes. They lost by six. What was our answer? The dream team. Like, <laughs> you know, 2004, we, we, it were, keep it, we didn't lose by that much in 2004. It was another, like, less, it was a double-digit loss in 2004 that knocked the USA to the uh, bronze medal game. What was our response? Prime Kobe, LeBron, and D Wade, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. That was our response. So, so uh, if the U.S. doesn't medal this time, or it's it's not as great as we think, the response is going to be like Zion. Plus, like, like we're going 
opposite. Like it's going to be all hands on deck for <laughs> twenty twenty four or whatever that you know mm-hmm. the Olympics. That's our response. But seriously, in nineteen eighty eight, it was a six point loss <laughs> to full grown men. Right. And our response was the dream team. <laughs> All hands on deck. That was our response. And then in 04, things went sideways. What do we got to get? Prime Kobe uh-huh. in 08. LeBron, as he's coming to his own, champion D Wade, who just like, we, we sent the dudes. We sent the bleeping dudes, right? Yeah. And so uh-huh. that's what happened in 08. That's what happened in 2012. Like, we're sending the dudes. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, that, that's the U.S.'s response to, because you know, the U.S. has never not meddled in basketball. Yep. You're right. You know, right. And, 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 you know, so that is the kind of response that I would expect we would get, because that's the only thing people care about. Nobody yep. watches Olympic basketball, like because the, the dudes say legacy. Like people don't care. Yeah, and like if it's if it's Spain and Croatia, I I can't I don't I can't watch it. Ugh. Like right. you know we can, we can watch Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and both of them are one and seven in SEC in a, in a football game. We watch every play, but. Spain and in Croatia in the winter plays the United States in the gold medal game and I'm like I can't, I can't even finish this game I can't even <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but they got rid of the trapezoid they got yeah. the, the thing we have to keep in mind is the rules are different like mm-hmm. I know basketball is just put the ball in the basket like yeah but the rules are different enough where guys that have been geared up toward NBA you know it's a different game and so you're playing against people that have been that have been playing the same way you know the time is I should know this off the 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 time is different and and you know time out like all these little things that you wouldn't think are big things but those little things add up enough where it takes our guys a little bit of time to get going. Mm-hmm. So, again, if 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 the USA if it doesn't do as well, it's going to be Zion and whoever else. We're sending the all we're we're going to send the all NBA guys over there. That's it. That's it. Now, you know, we talked a little media days with Michael. <clears throat> Every conference is doing there are different, you know, renditions of media days. Prime time, play for your Niners, and then thought better of it and came over to the Cowboys. He uh he walked out of the swag media days because he was like, "Don't be calling me Dion, call me Coach Sanders. You wouldn't do that to Nick Saban. You get cussed out." Your thoughts on Prime walking out of of the media days or, or leaving and going to a different area of Radio Row or, or wherever he was doing. Deion Sanders does the best job of promoting Deion Sanders. Right. That's my thought on Deion. And that's what he's done from Florida State on up. Yep. Uh, Deion, tremendous talent, but he's a tremendous self-promoter. 
and it's been this weird debate of do you call a coach coach right. or you know I I do it if I'm talking to a coach but I don't know that I would do it if that was my job and I talk to this guy every day but if you listen to other press conferences you hear people say uh, Jerry Tipton it's always hey John when he talks to coach right uh-huh. and uh, other people like that when they talk to uh, Mark Stoops, Mark, yeah. blah, blah, Nick, blah, blah, blah. Nick Rouse and those guys. Hey, Mark, Mark, what are your thoughts on blah, blah, blah after practice every and, day? And then if you listen to uh, some of Nick Saban's press conference, it's Nick. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was a little weird to call a man coach that never coached me. Mm-hmm. And like you pointed out when we had. Uh, Oh, uh, Mike Pratt on. He said Adolf when he was telling the stories. Sure did. So that to me was like, at some point, we stopped being coach and player, and now we're, you know, maybe we're friends, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, all, at least all, man to man. Right. Although I think like when Dean Smith died, they all said Coach Smith, but the Carolina way is a little bit of a cult, if you ask me. But my point is, like. I'm not going to call somebody coach that isn't coaching me. I don't, I'm weird. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, you know, I get to cover games and the, the Kansas game. Last time Kansas came to Rupp, I just, you know, got my laptop, got the little sticker band they put on your laptop and, you know, they check your computer and all that and walked in, walked right around the corner and I was face to face with Cal. Cal was walking, and I, you know, I wasn't expecting to see him. And I know my eyes probably got big. And I just, I just say, "What's up, Coach?" And I just threw out a coach right then, and he's like, "Hey," and I was like, "What's up, Coach?" So I, I hit him with a coach then. I didn't say Cal. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not as like dead set. I mean, just what, to me, it is what it is, or whatever. Like if, if. You know, we, if I saw Keith, Keith Madison in person, I might say, Coach, you know, we've had him on, or I might call him Coach when he's. I don't. Even though we didn't play for him, I don't. It, I don't know. I, and the thing is, it's. It, I think it's different. You know, every person situation is different. I don't think it was enough for Deion Sanders to throw a hissy fit. Right. I don't need that, that. That's my point because I have seen other coaches of great import. You know, like a Nick Saban, like Coach, like uh, when I covered the uh, uh, Champions Classic, when Zion and those boys ran the cats out of the building. Mm-hmm. A lot of those folks, it was, hey, John, hey, Mike, when the coaches came up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, I, I didn't see it as a sign of disrespect. Now, are there other things he could point to and say because he's at a HBCU, there might be some disrespect? Maybe, you know. This ain't that though. You know, yeah. this 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 ain't that, and we should be able to separate it out. Uh, you know, when it comes to all that. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> um, thought I had a thought too. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just don't. Like I said, I'm, I'm with you as far as just, you don't have to, to throw a fit. And and look, people, coaches, a lot of them have been coaches for a long time or that's what they've done or that's kind of what people in the public know them for. 
if a, a governor who's gonna only hold that title for at most eight years and they'll still get called governor when he's out of office but so I'm, I'm in that sense this coach has been coaching he's been a coach longer than the governor has probably been a governor you know most of his, you know Cal's been a coach longer than a governor can hold office K's been a coach so people will know you as a coach and if they call you that I mean that's, that's kind of what they know you as and you know and, and and I get that, and it just it just depends. Like I would expect media guys are going to use first name for the most part, mm-hmm. but people that co- that played under these coaches or worked with them in a different capacity might always be coach. Yeah, yeah. Or like Mike Pratt, he might become Adolf. Mm-hmm. Like, it to me, it just it just kind of depends. Like, look, my my dad was Major James N. Brown for the last fifteen years of his career. Mm-hmm. He ran the training department for the Louisville City Police Department, so that meant every recruit class for 15 years knows my dad as major. Yeah. So even after he retired, we'd be out and about. It was still major. Mm-hmm. Now, did obviously I didn't call him major. My mom didn't call him major. Right. You know, our neighbors didn't call him major. You know, right. People at church didn't call him major, but those people did. So it just, to me, it just depends. I don't think there's a right way or wrong way. Yeah. But I'm not going to call you coach just because you said call you coach. Right. I'm not doing that. And the thing about Dion is we know who Dion Sanders is. Mm-hmm. If it was coach Joe Jones at <laughs> West Tennessee State, okay, Joe Joe. But we know Dion is Dion. We know mm-hmm. about Dion talking about himself in the third person. He says Dion enough for everybody in the room. That's right. <laughs> Dion Sanders had one of the, my favorite quotes, and I think it was with your Cowboys when he said it. He said Dion Sanders would pay Dion Sanders' money to watch Dion Sanders try to guard Dion Sanders. <laughs> and I'm like, is that the eighth person? Like, what is we? <laughs> I thought Ricky Henderson was great, but right. that Dion quote was stuck in my head. I'm like, what is this fool talking about? So if you have a quote like that that you put out in the universe, bro, yeah. we're gonna call you whatever. You gonna uh-huh. be Dion. If you said that, you are Dion. No, that's it. It's, it's all about how people perceive you. Like you, I guess like who you you perceive the different people at different ways at different times, and you know it's it's Dion to us. It's coach to your players. It's 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 it's, it's not hard. Yeah, and I, I want to say we you know we've had Roger Harden on, uh, and he's always says Coach Hall. Yeah, and I believe he still says Coach Sutton if I remember correctly. So again, it just depends. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Kareem always says Coach Wood. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bobby Knight's players say Coach Knight. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know what Cal's guys. I don't know what. I think it was Colin Cal or. I think they just said Cal. I just Mm -hmm. think if I remember, I know it's not John. Right. But I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. Coach Cal. I think they just say Cal. If I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of you know, I have to listen to interviews. So to me, it's all about context. Uh, That stuff matters. Dion is just being wild out of pocket, as people used to say, uh, and trying to make. He's trying to make it all about Dion, mm-hmm. and, that, and that was always the fear of him going into coaching. Was why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like why why are you doing this? 
now by proxy the swag in Jackson State and the HBUs get some of the residual peripheral promotion from Dion because remember the first time he got down there he was saying somebody done stole his stuff and it was that was the first press conference he, he got robbed is what he said yeah and so, now you, now you got this so by proxy people are talking about swag media days because of Dion making it about Dion so if that's a positive I guess that's what it would be yeah but but those folks are so prideful on what they do deservedly so yeah you know Jackson State look that's Walter Payton like you ain't putting Jackson State on the map Dion like you know what I'm saying you, you can't go to Mississippi Valley State and be the man after Jerry Rice has gone through right uh-huh. so my whole thing is come on Dion just come on <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can say that's all you can say come on Dion that's yeah yeah that summed that up quite nicely um also gotta let everybody know too you know TBU and I talk about every week our, our good buddies at La Terrain you know if you're a watch guy if you're a lady that likes watches get whatever type of watch you want whatever type of band you want a compass a legacy all types of varieties, La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com, LaTerrain.com. Dave and Ben and the fellas there are continuing to do their thing. Use the promo code CATSTALK and get 10% off your purchase. Tell them you heard about them. by listening to Cats Talk Wednesday and get whatever kind of watch you want uh, to go on your wrist and you'll be glad that you did. So definitely got to put that out there. For all the listeners got to thank Michelle for listening. She thought we was on yesterday because she thought yesterday was Wednesday all day long. But today is Wednesday, so she'll be able to listen today once we get this up and ready for everybody to hear. But we always appreciate Michelle and everybody that takes time to listen to us each and every week. Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Another good show. Thanks to Michael Bennett for coming on, and we'll do it again. For sure. And I just got a DM I got to send you. We got a potential for a, 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 a mega big time guest. I'll send you the DM and hopefully we can get that set up. I don't know if it'll be next week or what, but uh, everybody in Kentucky knows this person and, and we'll see if we have them on and talking with them here in these coming days. I'll send you that DM and let you uh, get a little glimpse of it. And until then, Stay cool up there in Iowa. Uh, football season is fast approaching, but that just means your wedding is fast approaching. You said you're getting locked in, so hope the locking in is going as smooth as possible and you're enjoying your summer and everything is, is just falling into place. Absolutely. Thanks to you for everything you do, and we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all for taking the time to listen to another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. Follow us on Twitter and all social media, and we'll see everybody next week. Appreciate y'all.